Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. Nice to have Diane back. You know, you are one of the most energetic praisers I know. And, 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 then, and then you're right next to uh, Dawn over here, and, and you guys, we, we were having a party right there. But listen, we could be the other way. I'm thankful that there's somebody in this house that's excited about Jesus. Well, if you haven't met me, I'm Pastor Norm. I'm the lead pastor here at Mount Hope. I get to pastor this tribe. What a, what a blessing, though. And, you know, this week, it's, it's been a, a crazy week. We had camp all week. Many of you were out there at different times. Some of you every time. Uh, how many were out at camp this week and, and received something from the Lord? All right. A lot of hands went up. And, of course, uh, if you haven't heard this, Mary Welsh's dad passed uh, last, I believe it was Tuesday, and uh, the funeral was yesterday down in Wald Lake, and many of you were able to go down and represent our church, and Pastor Barb and I went down on Friday and uh, gave our condolences, but just keep them lifted up in your prayers as well. I know it's a hard time for Sarah and Roger and, and of course, Mary. So, Well, tomorrow is Independence Day, isn't it? And it represents what our forefathers fought for over 200 years ago. As this video that I just showed portrayed, in 1776, our forefathers penned the Declaration of Independence. It was to be the premier document of freedom, the intent being to safeguard the freedoms of this people, of this great nation, keeping it from tyranny, and oppressive governments once and for all. Remember that once and for all. But there's only one thing that lasts forever, and that is the eternal life that Jesus promised to those who put their trust in Him. For God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but will have life for a little while. Oh, I was reading from another translation, I guess. From eternal life, which means what? Forever. If you read from the book of Galatians, Paul was talking to the early church and he said, don't be misled, you cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. We've been learning about this in our stewardship class. What you do with your life will determine the harvest that you get back. If you plant good seed, you'll get good things back. If you plant bad seed, of course, the opposite is true. Verse 8, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But, I love it, the right side of the but, but 
those who live to please the Spirit will harvest what? Everlasting life from the Spirit. So that's my prayer for you today is that you will do good things in your life. Use it to the glory of God and spend your life serving the Lord Almighty. Those who live to please the Lord are promised eternal life. That's good news. That's forever. There is no expiration date, no good until, but it's forever. But the independence that our forefathers fought for and gave their life for, many of them, that freedom is being attacked on a daily basis. Especially our independence as a people of faith in Jesus Christ. The freedoms that we've enjoyed over our lifetime, and and for some of us, we're in our 50s, some of you in your 80s, some are, are just starting out. Maybe you're in your teens or early years. The freedoms that we've enjoyed over our lifetime, however long, are being chipped away and replaced with an imitation of sorts, a freedom that's wrapped in an ideology that pretends to model acceptance for all. The problem is the all doesn't include the people of faith in Jesus Christ. Instead, we are being described as hate mongers by some. A people whose time has come to an end simply because we refuse to bend our knees to the many compromises that this world has made. Compromises that contradict God's Word, His Holy Scriptures. We can't live on that side. Believe me when I say this, there are some that feel our planet would be much better off if the remnant who call themselves by his name, Christian, were to be erased completely. But not to worry, folks. God is still on the throne. And though we may face persecution and perhaps some even death, God Almighty will vindicate us, and he will get the victory in the end through his Son, Jesus Christ. So don't give up. Don't give in. Simply trust that God has your back. Listen to what Isaiah the prophet said in Isaiah 54, 17. But in that coming day, no weapon termed against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. Hallelujah. I have a, a good brother, friend of mine, fellow presbyter for the northeast section, Brother Brad Withrow. And I have asked Pastor Brad if he would come up and open with prayer for us today. I love this brother. He's, he's, he's down in uh, Gladwin, and they have an awesome ministry there. And I know that your section loves the daylights out of you. And I'm just glad you and your wife and your girls are here today. So God bless all Thank of you. Thank you. Thank you. What a treat to be here with you. Um, we love Pastor Norm and Pastor Barb, and uh, I get a treat every quarter to spend a couple days with them down at the district office, Amen. and uh, <laughs> usually we get to hang out a little bit at the motel with breakfast, and uh, 
we've been up coming up for I don't know how many years with the with the Pinewood Derby stuff, and you guys are completely blessed. I don't need to tell you that, but we love your pastor, and uh, thank you for opening your home to us. We're on vacation, and um, so we are getting a little rest and relaxation, and I can't wait to hear the word from Pastor Norm this morning. And just as an aside, if you hear a little dog barking, it's Peaches. He's in my, she's in my office. So. You had to tell everybody. We brought our dog to church. Yes. That's all right. I invited you to. <laughs> Let's go to the Lord. Father, it is a treat to worship you, and we pray that our worship has been acceptable to you this morning. And we also know your word is true, that you inhabit the praises of your people. So God, thank you for being here in this place. But God, as listeners of your word right now, I ask, would you, would you, Lord, would you please give us ears to hear what the Spirit's saying? God, give us a mind that is tuned in to the truth that you want to share from your word. God, give us a heart that is open and ready to receive, Father, the seed that you want to plant deep within us. And, Father, give us eyes to see not just the physical, but, God, help us to understand and see the, the spiritual as well. We thank you on this July 4th weekend for the freedoms that we have in America. We thank you for the freedom that came from your cross, from the cross and the son, your son that died for us. But God, we also are mindful of the men and women who are not home today, that are over in foreign lands, protecting those lands and protecting us. Bless them, I pray, and bring them home quickly, bring them home safely. And let your word today in this place come alive. Yes. God, let it burn in us. May Pastor Norm's words, words be your words yes. through him, I pray. And we ask this in your son's precious name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Thank you, my brother. Thank you. I always forget, this is also Sister Warnick's grandson, which, which it's hard to believe that, but anyway, not, I don't know, that didn't sound right. You're, it's because you're such a, a big guy, it's hard to picture you as a baby, but anyway, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean you're a baby, I <laughs> I'm going to let this go. Where was I? Oh my goodness. Well, you never know what's going to happen at the Hope, that's for sure. God is a resident here, and, you know, as we've spent this past week at camp, it just reminds me of the need to spend more time with Him. And that's one of the things that you're going to hear about today, is, is God wants a relationship with you. And it doesn't matter if you're in ministry full-time, if you're... Uh, if, if you run a, a, a beehive, a, a, a honey company, it doesn't matter what you do. Maybe you're retired. God wants to spend time with you. And that requires something from us. And, and the title of my message today, I've called it Faith and Freedom, but Faith and Freedom, or Freedom and Faith, whichever way you might want to go, they're really synonymous with each other. When you have faith in God, you experience a freedom that only He can give you. Amen? Because if God has not taken over your life, if you've not willingly said, Lord, have your way with me, I believe in what you did on that cross for me. 
Forgive me, Lord, of my sins. Make me a new person. If you've not done that, then you are not truly free. In order to be free, we have to put our trust in God. God loves you. And hear this. He wants to bless you. He wants you to receive all of the things, all of the many promises that we see in this good book. He wants to give those things to you, but it requires faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. Amen? But there are some who refuse to bend their knee to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I've heard excuses like, why should I give God the time of day? What's he done for me? Everything, but they don't see that. They're wearing blinders. The enemy has gotten hold of them. It is our prayer that he will, God will set those people free from the bondage of Satan himself. It is our prayer that if that's you, that you will be set free today. And I will give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus at the end of this service. It's the most important thing that we do on a Sunday. And when I see people raise their hand, some for the first time, some rededicating, whatever, when I see that, I know God is working. God is still working. God will continue to work in the lives of his people as long as we're on this side of heaven. As a result of those who refuse to bend their knee, those same people who think they are free from God, they're really in bondage due to their many sins. And those sins, hear this part, will remain with those God deniers to the grave. And their action or inaction, if you want to call it that, will place them in a place that the Bible calls Gehenna. It is a place of torment where they will be forever and ever separated from God. And I know this for a fact. It breaks God's heart to think that any of us would send ourselves there. But literally, that's what we do by not receiving the free gift of God, that free gift of salvation. But those who put their trust in Jesus Christ, poke your neighbor and say, I hope that's you. Those who put their trust in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, will live forever in the city that God has prepared for those who love Him. Today I want to look at some things that I feel will help you in your pilgrimage of faith, if you will. This will help you to continue to be free. How many got saved a long time ago? 30, 40 years for some of you, maybe 50, maybe 60 has it been easy to live for Jesus? <laughs> no. No, it's not easy. There are gospels being preached out there that say, oh, it's easy to be a Christian. Really? I don't know where you live because that's not been my experience. There are a lot of folks that do not want to hear about Jesus. It's the only name that seems to have the power not seems to have. We know why it has. Because that name is above every name. But it's the only name that seems to be getting shut out of our public places because the devil knows what that name can do. Now getting back to what I started with, we need 
to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So in order to be truly free, we have to be tied to him. Would you ask your neighbor this? Are you tied to Jesus? Find somebody, just say, are you tied to Jesus? I don't think I'm taking a lot of liberty here, but for some of you who may be a little more of a theologian than I am, hello, God calling. (laughs) I want to read from John chapter 15. I'm going to read verses 1 through 8, and, and I'm changing it up just a little. I usually read from the NLT. Today it's going to be the New King James. But I want to read about Jesus being the vine. How many have read that before? All right. And there's a reason that I'm using this version because I love the word abide. Here we go. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser, Jesus said. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. How many have been feeling poked at a little bit lately? You've been feeling a little bit of cutting going on here and there. Some of us wish he'd cut a little more off of our midsections, but that's not what this is talking about. This is a spiritual sense, okay? That's up to us to get rid of that part. (coughs) All right, why'd I go there? I don't know. Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. What changed them? The Word. Why is it important that this book not be shut out of society? Because this is where the power is. This describes God. This shows us His promises. And when we stand on the Word of God, we have the victory. Hallelujah. But here's the part I wanted to get to. Verse 4. Abide in me. Say that with me. Abide in me, and I in you, Jesus said. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. What is that saying? We have got... Have you ever, have you ever seen a vine and, and then cut it down at the bottom? What happens to that vine? It's still up there, Right? It still looks okay for the first day. When we went to Florida this last time, my mother-in-law's pool has a big screen all the way around it. And when we left, there was this little, little teeny plant that had come up, and I didn't pull it. This was back last November, all right? And then this spring, we went down there, and we were just trying to clean things up, make sure the house was okay. And that little plant had grown 20 feet. And it had put its little little feeler branches in through the screen. And I knew if I tried to pull that thing out, what was going to happen? I'd tear that screen to pieces. So what did I do? Cut it at the bottom. And I gave it three days. And after the third day, that thing looked horrible. The plants and the fruit on it had fallen off. The leaves were all withered, and I just started plucking, and it came out easily. See, that's what happens in this life. If we are not connected to the vine, if we're not stuck to Jesus, 
That's us. We're going to wither and die. And do you know what? That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to get your eyes off of Jesus and onto all the stuff around you. He wants you to forget about your faith in the one and only God, Jesus Christ. Let's move on. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can, you can do nothing. Now, if you're a Christian, and I've said this many times over, you ought to be bearing good fruit. Fruit that represents the, the fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, etc. All those things should represent who you are. When people watch you, they should be, see you being a giver, a lover of people. They should see you helping others, praying for others. These are all fruits that ought to be represented as a Christian. If anyone does not abide in me, verse 6 says, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Another illustration of, of course, hell. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. Jesus is telling us right here, if you abide in me, and I in you, if he abides in us, you're in him, he's in you, there's nothing that he won't do for you. And of course it has to line up with what? You know, all of our prayers have to line up with the word. By this my Father is glorified, Jesus said, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. If we want to be his, we must be tied to the vine. I love what this word abide is defined as in angelfire.com. Oops, let's stay here. When we abide in something, and I'm quoting them, when we abide in something, we are loyal to it even unto death. When we abide, we remain in a certain place even when the rest of the world has left us behind. Is that happening today? Are you seeing it? To abide means to continue doing whatever is being done even when it is hard and the urge to quit is almost too much. How many have faced this firsthand? You live in the world, you live in a place where all hell's breaking loose against you. Listen, sometimes it's not easy being a Christian. It's not easy being a person of faith. It's not easy saying to someone, hey, can I pray for you? When you see them limping. It's not easy. But yet, that's what we're expected to do. If we really care, give God a chance to show up in a miraculous way. As spirit-filled believers, that should be what we're doing. This quote goes on to say, the word abide means to cling to something and have faith in it, even when it seems to have failed, end quote. How are we doing as we abide in the vine? How are we doing? How are you doing? If you want to be free from the weight that this life often lays on us, then you need to do what I learned to do so many years ago, 1981. Get closer to Jesus. 
If you abide in him, this life will seem lighter and easier than ever before. There's no better way to go. I've lived on both sides. I've lived in the enemy's camp, and I've lived on God's side. And I want to tell you something. What God lays on us, his, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Jesus promises us that. But there are so many that are living on that other side still. Maybe even some of you in this room. As a single person, I was involved in late night parties. Drinking, drugs, all the other stuff that goes with it. That made me happy, I thought. Oh, if I could go to this party, I'd be happy. It never turned out that way. By the end of the night, it was usually hangover or something else. The alcohol and the drugs, I thought, helped mask my pain. How many of you have ever experienced that? Don't raise your hand, but you've experienced that, trying to mask the pain using drugs or alcohol. You know, it, it, it's, it's a false, it's a pseudo-help. It's not really helping you at all. It's really making you worse than you were. Then I've tried the, the sexual encounters, and you might think, oh, you're a pastor. This is before I knew Jesus. Before he became Lord of my life, I was not a very good person. Sexual encounters with different people that I never should have been with before I met my wife. You know, at the end of those events, one of us always got hurt, never failed. It always turned out that way. Again, it's pseudo, it's false, it's, it's a counterfeit of what God really wanted for me. But I hadn't met him yet. I was still searching for the truth, searching for the happiness that so many of us go after on a daily basis. Then I got married and I thought, well, all my problems are over now. <laughs> love you. Let me say that. Let me say that right up front. Pastor Barb, I love you with all my heart, my soul, my mind, my body. You are my queen. And you make my heart pitter-patter. But before we knew Jesus, for that four and a half years that we lived without him, and our marriage was like a boat in 30-foot seas, up and down, up and down, up and down. The weight of having to pay the bills. I already shared about how I had to get a better job so that I could meet all the needs that all those little babies were bringing into the home. Just the diapers alone. Huh. Then there was keeping my wife happy. And, and it didn't take much, but it was a burden for me because I was like 19 years old at the time, and the only person I knew who to take care of was me. And now all of a sudden, I'm expected to make somebody else happy too. I didn't have enough for me because I couldn't make myself happy. <laughs> right? You can't. It's a pseudo-false 
You can't do it. Then not having enough time with the kids. How many of you felt that pressure? You work, you minister, you're trying, trying, trying to make everybody happy, make your boss happy, make your relatives. How many have relatives that require things from you about this time of the year? When she coming to my house? She went to the in-laws last year. Pressure, pressure, pressure. And that's what we were feeling. I didn't even have time for myself. <laughs> then the good news, I met Jesus. And I confessed my sins to him, and I asked him, Lord, make me a new person. Get hold of me. Show me the right way to live. I'm tired of living this way. It's not getting me anywhere. And you know what? He did, and he did it in a big way. I felt that weight lift off of me. As I began to seek him through prayer and reading my Bible, I began to be set free. You know, this faith walk is progressive. It can get better or worse depending on how you invest in it. And that's what I'm talking about here today. When you're abiding in the vine, you're going to be healthier. The more that you grab onto that vine, the more that you connect to Jesus, the stronger that you're going to be. And back then, when I first became born again, I could not get enough of my Lord and Savior. I couldn't. I even went on weekend getaways just to get alone with Jesus. At the time, I thought I was a little nuts, because I'd get out there and then I'd go, well, now what do I do? <laughs> you ever done that? You just go out to spend some time in the woods with the Lord, and then you're like, oh, we're all alone now, Lord. But it turned out to be an amazing experience. And not just that, but over and over, the, the Lord met me right where I, The more that I put into my faith walk with him, the more he showed up. The more he filled me up. And I got to the point where I was so full, I was overflowing into the lives of others around me. And that's what God wants for us. And, and I, I wasn't going to put this in here, but I talked a little bit about how drugs used to... Uh, mask the pain, if you will, from my life, my early life. And then I started getting into this relationship with Jesus, spending time in prayer, late nights. I'd get out of work at midnight, and I'd go to church, and I'd meet, meet with two or three other guys, and we'd just pray. Men praying in the middle of the night. It was awesome. And God showed up. The Holy Spirit showed up, and he began to pour into us. And there were nights when I was so high in the spirit that if I had gotten pulled over, they probably would have thought I was drunk. Not unlike Peter when they came out of the upper room. And let me tell you something. The high that you get spending time with Jesus is so much better than any kind of drugs that you might deal with here on earth. And that's the truth. And the best part is you're still in your right mind. That's what God wants to do. What I'm saying is I felt great. I felt light as a feather. Jesus had set me free from all that had held me back prior to my having a relationship with him. You know what I asked at that point in my life? Why did I wait so long? 
to do this. And I extend that to you. If you have not given your lives to Jesus, why are you waiting? It is so much better on God's side. And I'm not talking about masquerading as a Christian. Because I know some of you do that really well. We think that, oh, everything's good. God bless you. When on the inside, you are dying. You are shriveling because you're not connected to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let me add this part because it's important. Even though I was a new person in Christ, he had changed me from the inside out. And, and if you talk to anybody that knew me before and then after, I was different. Not everybody experiences this, but I was different. Completely different. But I didn't forget the pain. Some people say, well, you know, God made me a new person. Why do I still have those memories? You know what? The Lord didn't say he'd get rid of the pain. He said he'd help you get through it. He'll take you to the other side. Just keep leaning on him. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what kind of pain you've had to, to deal with. Maybe it's a, a belligerent, unbelieving husband. Maybe it's a son or a daughter that just isn't serving God. I don't know what you're going through, but God does. And as long as you stay lashed to him, as long as you continue to abide in the vine, Jesus will trump your pain. Jesus will trump your pain. And the word trump, because we're in a political season and I didn't want you to go there, the word trump means to beat someone or something by saying or doing something better. God will trump your pain by what he puts in you. The more time you spend with him, the better you're going to be. Say that with me. The more time I spend with Jesus, the better I'm going to be. You need to get this in your spirit. Because there are some in this room that you might give God five minutes outside of this morning service. There are some of you that may give him 30 minutes out of the week on top of this service. There are some of you who this is once in every two months that you show up for service. And you don't think of him the whole rest of the time. Listen to me. You cannot live like that and be in victory. You cannot get the victory if you're not living for him and if he's not living in you. Thank you for amening that. Two of you in the front row did. It's truth. It's truth. So if you haven't already figured this out, I highly recommend Jesus to you. Okay? If you're still weighed down in your sins, I highly recommend Jesus to you. Give him a chance. See what he can do to relieve that pressure. Hallelujah. He wants to set you free once and for all if you'll just give him that opportunity. Now before I close, I wanted to share one more illustration of what it means to abide in Jesus. And as I was meditating on this, I felt the Holy Spirit directed me to the idea of lashing to something. And, and what I want you to see down here, could I have my, my victim, I mean my, my friend over here, Sarah Welsh, if she would come up. I needed somebody who was a small. 
because that's what size. Now, Sarah, before I have you come up here, this, can you see this over there, more or less? This is the mast, you know, this is the beam on the ship, okay? This represents Jesus. Everybody say that represents Jesus. Okay, so as we tie a person to this, this is Jesus. It's actually a beam. It's a four by four. But in your mind, just think Jesus. Okay, you with me? Now, have you ever seen the movies where the storms come in and, and you know, I was going to have, can you make that noise out there? Can, can anybody, can you help us? It sounds like you're getting ready to spit. <laughs> a little less spit, a little more wavy. Okay, because, yeah, there we go. So, yeah, now you're getting it. Now, we're going to put this on you. Go ahead and, and slide right in here. And, and I haven't checked this for chipmunk uh, acorns in the pockets. or It's been in the closet for a while. It might smell a little, I don't know, anyway. And, and of course, Sarah, you know, we, we okay, you're in the storm of life. You're in life itself because whose life is in a storm? You may have a few days where it's sunny like it is today, but... Most of the time, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, you're going to get up here, Sarah, and, and, and the storms are hitting you right now. You sort of pretend like, oh, here, we need to make it a little more realistic. Hang, hang on. Okay, how's that? Okay, okay. So, now, Sarah, Sarah this is good, this is good. I have another technique to, to tie her to this pole. Okay. Now just hold that for me for a second, all right? And this, this yarn here just kind of represents, uh, I'm not getting frisky with you. I'm just wrapping you up here. Whatever. All right. This just represents some of the things that we might do, like reading our Bibles, pray, pray worship, just spending time with him. That's what this represents. And the more time that we spend with the Lord, the more we're lashed. Now, Sarah, do you feel pretty confident that you're in good shape here? With, with, this, with this? I mean, probably not. Probably not. Now, if, picture a 30 foot wave coming at you right now. Would you feel confident that yarn's going to help you? No, no, see, this is really, this is the casual Christian right here. This is the person that might show up every Sunday, maybe. Might pray when there's an emergency in your family, and of course we get it on the prayer line. Please pray for me, because I don't know how to pray. And I'm not telling you not to call us and write us. And I'm just saying that we ought to be able to pray for ourselves at times. This represents those who haven't spent a lot of time. And, and of course it would easily be broken. So what I want you to get this morning is this. We really need some serious rope. Sarah, you ain't going anywhere. Dad, you want to help me? You want to help me tie her up? You, you, you probably wanted to do this many times over, huh? What's he saying? He's saying get over here. He's saying get over here. Come on. You know, honestly, by the time I go around you 200 times with this, go ahead. Just go around and, and around and around. 
Oh, you don't have to do that necessarily, but you could. Okay, just give me that part. Are you getting the idea? Because I could be doing this all day. You put your arms down. I don't want you moving. That's exactly what I want. I don't want you to be able to move. There's a reason. There's a there's an object lesson here that I'm not hurting you, am I? All right, you keep on tying her up. Uh, I, I don't think that this is really good enough. I think we need a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, with a little help. We need some water. We need, we need the real waves. All right, get her, get her, get her. Yeah, oh, yeah. Next time we do this, could the waves, pretend waves, actually hit the victim? But thank you for that. Pastor Barb, everybody. Here's what I want you to get out of this. The more time that we spend with the Lord, the more we're lashed to Him. And there are two things that are happening here. When the waves come and they try to knock you off your feet, you're not going anywhere. Unless the ship goes down, you're not going anywhere. And Jesus ain't going nowhere. According to the scriptures I read, Jesus has already got it locked up. All right? He got the victory at his death and at his resurrection. And we know this thing ain't going anywhere. You with me still? Here's the other thing. The more that we tie ourselves to him... How many have ever been tempted? We went fishing. We went to guys fishing. I, I hope you don't mind me using this. Guys fishing up at Mullet Lake last weekend. I didn't go to church. And I want to tell you something. Troy and I were both going, Dad. He goes, Dad, we're, we need to go to church. I'm like, I didn't know where to go. We didn't go. I felt horrible. I missed that spiritual infusion. And I was so grateful this was... Uh, family camp. But here's the thing. While we were out there, I'm looking, and there are boats going down the river there with God's creatures that were not dressed very much. And men? Yeah. Oh, boy. Bottle caps and dental floss. And, and yes, that's about what it was like. Temptation. And there are so many things that we face on a daily basis that tempt us to turn our backs on God, to go in another direction away from Him. But when we're tied to Him, when we're lashed to Him, like Sarah is here, how easy is it going to be for her to be tempted? She's all tied up. So in order to be tempted to do anything, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to get some of these off, aren't you? Are you hearing me? The more you're lashed to him, the more time you spend with Jesus, the more you abide in the vine, the more tied to him you are, and the less apt to sin when that opportunity presents itself to you. Hallelujah. You are awesome. Give her a big hand. I don't know if I can get her out of this now, but I'll let you, I'll let you work. Are you going to come and help? You can help. I'm going to keep on doing this while you're doing that. And we'll just thank you, Sarah, so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, I, I really did. Yeah. 
Thank you again. Give her a big hand. Amen. So, in order to abide in the vine, as verse 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. The word of God will lash you to him. Your prayer time will lash you to him. Being his disciple will lash you to him. Abide in the vine. Abide in Jesus. One last thing I want to leave with you in order to encourage you in these very troubled days. That is that Jesus, though in heaven, he's praying for you right now. He's interceding, making intercession for us. That means he's praying for you. And hopefully you know that prayer changes everything. Listen to what Romans, and this, I'm going to close with this, but listen to what Romans 8, 31 to 39 says. And, and Roger, I know you love sharing this passage. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Are you God's elect? If you're a believer, you are. It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore has also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are all killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things. (laughs) I said, yet in all these things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's good news. That's the word today. How are you doing? I started out with this. True freedom comes only through faith in Jesus Christ. Without Christ, a person will die in his or her sins, and that will lead to that person being separated from God forever and ever and ever. But by placing your trust and your faith in Jesus, by asking him to forgive you of your many sins, you begin lashing yourself to him slowly. As you spend time with him, you're lashing yourself to him. You're plugging into the vine. He's sending the nutrients by his Holy Spirit into your spirit. And you are going to grow, my friend. You are going to build the kingdom through your life. God is going to use you in miraculous ways if only 
you'll plug in to him. Would you stand with me? I am so grateful. We just found a cheap way for sandboxes. I am grateful for the power of God. For the love that he shared for each one of us. And I believe this. He wants to infuse that power into your life. And I'd like to ask with every head bowed, every eye closed today, this is between you and the Lord, and I'm only asking for acknowledgement just so I know who I'm praying for. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Norm, I'm not plugged into the vine like I should be, and I, I need you to pray for me. I'm asking you to pray for me. I want to plug into that vine today. I want to get right with him if I'm not. I want to get stronger with him if I'm not. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up so I can see it real quick? Yes. Hands going up all over the room. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put them down, yes. Thank you. Even the little ones. <laughs> Hallelujah. God loves the little children. I want to pray. And this may seem like a trite thing, but please don't think it is. The power of the Holy Spirit is moving here today, and I believe that he has heard your prayer. By, up, by lifting your hand up, you were saying, Lord, I want more. I want all of you. I don't want just a little bit. I want all of you. That's what you're saying. And then you're saying, I'm willing to give you all that I have, all that you've given me. And that reciprocal process is what actually begins to develop that relationship and the power of God begins to pour into you. So if you raise your hand right there, I want you to pray this loud enough so your own ears hear you. And then I want you to believe that God is moving in, in you and in this room today. You ready for this? Saints, I would ask that you join us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son, for sending him to die for me. Thank you for the freedom that he brings us. And it cost him everything. But he gave it willingly. And he had me in mind. And today, July 3rd, 2016, I put my trust in you. I ask you today, Lord, forgive me. Wash me clean. I pray that my sins will no longer hold me down. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And I stand on that today. From this day forward, Help me to plug into your vine, to plug into you, Jesus. Make me a new person. Help me to be stronger, to live for you, to bring you glory, praise, and honor through how I live my life. I rest in you, and I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.